Hello and welcome back to your weekly witch fix. Today we're going to be looking at a book called Family Secrets, A Whispering Pines Mystery by Sean Maguire. And this is available in Kindle format and as a paperback on Amazon. Now I bought this because one, it was 99p on Amazon and two, I was looking into writing a Wiccan centric crime novel and this is a murder mystery but also set in a sort of Wiccan themed setting which is obviously very interesting to me with my aim to write something similar and I didn't read it before I wrote my own book because I'd read a stack of other ones and I forgot about this one languishing on my kindle but I thought it'd be a really good title to review for the podcast because it has more of that kind of Wiccan setting as opposed to fantasy witchcraft and because it's maybe one that people haven't heard of because I'd certainly never heard of it before I started searching for specifically police procedurals involving witchcraft. So this is one in a series of books which are set in the town of Whispering Pines. Uh, Whispering Pines, the setting itself, is a fictional pagan town founded by the main character's grandmother who bought a load of land with her husband and Wiccans moved there and they accepted them and joined the religion themselves. The town has a coven, it has various um, meditation gardens and sort of pagan themed things in it. It also is a haven for fortune tellers and carnies Apparently they have like a night circus outside of the town which is mentioned but not featured in this novel. So the plot of the book is Jane O'Shea comes to Whispering Pines uh, and she's there to pack up her grandmother's house after her grandmother passed away. Jane is the one to come and do this because her father is serving in the military overseas. Her mum really doesn't like Whispering Pines. Her sister is happily married and Jane herself is newly single and has just quit her job as a Madison police detective because her partner shot an unarmed confidential informant and she had to report him, which led to her being kind of ostracised from her fellow police officers and she felt she had no choice but to quit. Unfortunately for Jane she immediately finds a dead body on her property and in reporting that to the police she becomes embroiled in the investigation and eventually hired as well as a sheriff's deputy for the town. So first off I really enjoyed the idea behind this book. It's quite an original idea. I couldn't find another book that was like it. The idea of a, a pagan town itself was very interesting to me and it was nice to see that kind of setting as opposed to having sort of if you like free range witches out in the normal world. This was a very strong sense that this was kind of a community and very insular and very different to anything that I'd read before. Jane herself is not Wiccan but she does encounter quite a lot of Wiccan characters including her grandmother who is mentioned obviously as she's the principal reason for Jane being in the town. She also befriends Morgan who is a local witch shop owner and meets uh, one of the fortune tellers. Jane's other companion throughout the book is Trip, who is again not Wiccan but he is a guy who has just come to the town and is staying in the campground which is a sort of off-season festival style campsite in the woods uh, and he helps her with various renovations around the house and is also kind of a sounding board throughout the case and a romantic interest. Some things do seem a little bit improbable as you're getting into the plots for instance, Jane arrives at the house and it has been broken into and vandalised. 
as well as there being a dead girl on the lawn. Now, the sheriff in the town doesn't seem to be investigating the murder very much, and he actually never comes to Jane's house to have a look around or take evidence or pictures of any kind. Now, this is sort of a clue and a hint as to his role in the overall mystery, but it doesn't seem very credible to me that Jane would think to herself, well, he's not doing his job very properly, so I'd better do something, instead of either going to him and demanding that he take action or going to the state police and involving outside investigators straight away. It just felt like a bit plot convenient that she had the attitude where she was going to do it herself instead of go down official channels, which is what she had done previously in her job. There's also some overly twee parts uh, specifically she goes to a coffee shop and some other shops and everyone seems very happy to meet her because she's Lucy's granddaughter and they give her free stuff and the owners of the bakery are called Sugar and Honey and they say that opening a bakery seemed like it made sense with their names which I thought was a bit strange I mean if their parents had owned the bakery and had named them Sugar and Honey I felt like that would be more realistic but breezing past that. In places the writing is a little bit kind of clunky and it comes off as things not making a lot of sense. So for instance there's a bit where Jane is talking to a woman who was a friend of the dead girl and the woman says that she loved the murder victim and then Jane kind of poodles along with the rest of the conversation for a bit and then the woman reveals yes that she was actually in love with the girl and I mean I kind of assumed that that was the case when she said that she loved her and Jane's response to that was that she'd heard a number of drunken I love you confessions in her time dealing with drunken disorderlies and that this girl's confession wasn't one of those so I thought she'd twigged it as well but then it turned out that she hadn't and I think overall the book suffers from Jane being a bit slow on the uptake as a detective um, I found that I was getting to quite a lot of the assumptions that she was making faster than she was. And it's quite frustrating because by the time you get to the end of the book, she's essentially accused or suspected every single person that she's met in the town. Usually what I view as like a good detective novel is one where they have one specific suspect for the whole thing and they turn out to be wrong or they have one specific suspect and it's just about proving that that person did it. But when you've accused or thought that anyone might have done it and then just plunk for the person who actually did it at the end, it just feels a little bit cheap and a little bit not very well thought out, to me at least. Some information is also provided out of order, which makes the novel a little bit confusing. There's one point in one of the early chapters where Jane wants to take her dog into a coffee shop, I think it was, and they say, oh, you're not allowed to bring a dog in here. And she said, oh, no, it's OK. It's a service dog. And previously that dog had just been a, a pet. And I was confused as to why it would be a service dog. And then later on, I think about halfway through, like about the 50% mark, you find out and it's finally explained that the dog itself is an XK9 unit and that it was retired after, I think, three months or something because it wasn't very good at um, being focused on a task and she gladly adopted it. And I felt like that information should be put at the beginning 
But overall, the book reminds me of those kind of cosy chiclet novels where the character who's unlucky in career, unlucky in love, inherits a, a twee or cutesy business like a flower shop or a cafe and they move to it and they have to overcome some sort of personal barriers to take over the business and inevitably meet a new man and find themselves so that's sort of like lucy diamond's beach cafe book and the narrowboat cafe series this also has the addition of the murders though which kind of spices things up a little bit now while i enjoyed the second half of the book quite a lot although the first half was a little bit of a struggle to get into i was annoyed that it ends on a cliffhanger the sequel is only a couple of pounds so i mean i might pick it up at some point and continue to read it but to my mind, a murder mystery needs to end with the murder being solved and the perpetrator arrested. That's the end of that kind of book. If you want to have a cliffhanger, you can have them find another body or something else happen, like a break-in, to entice people to read the next book and find out what happened and about all the circumstances at the end of the previous what happens in this one is the killer is identified, their motive is identified, the method of murder is identified, and then Jane just kind of sits on it and doesn't do anything. Although this person who is the killer poses a significant threat to the high priestess of the coven, whoever that happens to be, and has made attempts on the life of more than one high priestess, Jane doesn't tell her friend Morgan, the current high priestess, about this person and their motive and that she might be in danger she also doesn't confront them with the knowledge that they may have murdered her grandma and doesn't report to the state police that this person has been involved in quite a number of murders at this point she just sits down to dinner with trip and plans to stay in whispering pines and act as a new council member on the coven council and open up the grandmother's house as a bed and breakfast. So I was really disappointed because I stuck with it because I wanted to find out obviously who the murderer was, why they'd done what they'd done, and the murders themselves were actually quite inventive, the, the actual method behind them was quite interesting and appropriate to the setting, and it just felt very disappointing to me that after finding out the, the juicy information behind the murders and their motive, there wasn't the satisfaction of seeing the person either confronted or actually arrested and charged. I would have settled for confronted, to be honest. Having said that, the book is 99p for the Kindle. Uh, you could do worse in terms of mystery fiction with a sort of pagan leaning. And there were some quite interesting characters in it, including my favourite character, who is only in two scenes, unfortunately, but I hope will appear in future books, who is uh, one of the fortune tellers, but doesn't believe she has the gift until she meets Jane and has a vision in meeting her which turns out to be genuine and related to the murders and she's very put out by this because she thought she was finally going to be free of being part of her grandma's business and being able to move away but it seems that she is actually genuinely a psychic which I found quite amusing. If you want to pick up the paperback copy of this book it looks like it will cost you £13 or thereabouts which I feel is quite expensive for this book and I would go more for the ebook version because it's obviously a lot cheaper and if you're going to get sort of enticed into the sequels after that then it will be a cheaper way for you to enjoy those you could probably buy all of them for the cost of having the first one in paperback 
but uh, like I said it is it fills a gap it's quite interesting if you are like me and you really enjoy police procedurals and pagan fiction this is definitely one to add to your to read list I'm going to read you now a short extract from the 44% mark of the Whispering Pines novel and this is a scene that takes place between Jane and Morgan her friend who runs the witchcraft shop and she's come there to talk to Morgan and is looking at some amulets and various items that are in the shop and I just thought it was an interesting look into how Jane feels towards witchcraft and also how the believers in witchcraft in the book kind of operate and express that belief. What are these? Morgan ran a finger across a strand of necklaces. Amulets are worn for protection and to ward off negative energy. She plucked a stone with a symbol carved into it from a basket. Talismans bring power and positive energy. She returned the stone and reached into another basket for a small glass vial with a four-leaf clover inside. Charms are more of a superstitious item. They offer mental assurance more than magical protection. Close to the door, I noticed a two-shelf case hanging on the wall next to the long wooden table that served as the checkout counter. A spinner rack covered with handmade reeds, both round and pentacle-shaped, stood in front of the case, making it hard to get to. The shelves were filled with jars of plants, like those on the larger shelves I'd inspected when I first came in. Why aren't those herbs with the others? I assumed they were rare or expensive. Those, Morgan said, are the dangerous plants. I like to keep an eye on them. I was about to ask more about these dangerous plants when a trio of women walked in, squealing over the lovely shop. Let me know if you'd like me to help you pick out an amulet or talisman, Morgan offered. I looked quizzically at her, biting back a laugh. You think I need mystical help? People require assistance for many different ailments. Some ailments are medical, as in an illness. Some are physical, as in an assailant. Morgan held my gaze with a look of compassion laced with concern. Some ailments come from within demons that won't leave us alone she touched my shoulder lightly blessed be jane remember you can get in touch to recommend other things for me to review or to look at via twitter which is at witchfix and by email which is witchfixpodcast at gmail.com i look forward to hearing from you and i'll see you next week bye